Welcome to episode number 21. I am your host, Sebastian Engstrom. And today, Kaleo Cornwell joins me. He is the owner of Standard Strength, an affiliate of California Strength, also previously known as CrossFit Curahi. We go into his story of how he built the gym, a CrossFit Olympic weightlifting gym with the highest caliber of performance. And I can speak to it myself because I used to go there. He is just a phenomenal, generous human being. We go into everything about his story, even what happened during COVID, which really revealed his incredible characteristics of generosity and giving back to this community. Enjoy this phenomenal conversation. And if you feel so compelled, if you feel like this is giving back, the show is giving back to you, hit five stars. Simple way as a repay. Even as a good favor. favor. The deed of the day. Scroll down five stars on Apple or hit subscribe, like on any platform that you're on. This helps us spread the good message that we have here and help other people. That is the whole purpose behind this. And if you have done so, check out the CrossFit programs that we have, online training programs. They are a methodical CrossFit program. They are a, so it's a gymnastic CrossFit program, three to five days a week. I have done this for 15 years. And I finally, finally released these. There are so many programs out there that just you're wiped after every workout. There are different workouts every single week. You don't get better, but you get tired. You feel like you work out, but this is actually you get better at it. I have pulled in a lot of effort so you can feel the ease of use, the videos, the instructions. It's all there in the app. I do it myself. The proof is in the pudding and you can get seven day free trial, 15% off your first month with Safina all caps 15 at safina.io, safinastrength.com. Sending you much love. Hello, Cornwell. Amazing to have you on. Thank you for hosting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, for the people who are not watching it right now, we are at Standard Strength, as you can see in the background here if you're watching. And. Uh, what is standard strength, Cleo? Whew. Standard strength, well, standard strength is the, the physical uh, body of our gym, right? So here are four walls and a door, a couple of big garage door, but standard strength is, is our gym. We do CrossFit, we do weightlifting here. We also have virtual programming online for folks. Um, we're an extension of another gym, at least in the weightlifting world. Uh, California Strength is another gym that I coach for. And, and work for. I run all the California Strength Masters programming online. And so our weightlifting program is an affiliate of Cal Strength. Um, we kind of call it the minor leagues of Cal Strength, I guess, uh, building it up uh, to hopefully one day have some of our athletes join the Cal Strength national team and on and so forth. And then we also have the CrossFit side of our gym that is focused on fitness and health and uh, basically changing people's lives through health and fitness and trying to we i mean one thing is we believe that we're the frontline defense when it comes to um fighting chronic disease which is something that crossfit is really big on right now health crossfit health and crossfit so we are we're definitely focused on that on that side and changing people's lives for the better and hopefully uh, we can make a small impact in our community and really build the, the, the I mean, the biggest membership, are, are the 
biggest portion of our membership is made up of people probably within five miles of this place and so we're really contributing to this local community when it comes to that health and fitness um, stuff so mm, yeah thank you mm-hmm. for what you do uh, I've been a member here and um, it's been what I've told you the other day it's been the most influential part of my workout and fitness journey uh, in the sense of the capability ability and coaching and programming and it's a unique combination that is very hard to find and i've been to quite a bit of gyms uh been a strength coach have my own program too and and seeing the level of expertise that is here is just is beyond something i've ever experienced and uh it doesn't it it takes someone at the helm to be driving this change i was recently been doing some videos at crossfit 209 Mm -hmm. in stockton massive facility and Mm -hmm. um even hearing, uh, well, done a, a lot of programs. Matt Frazier said it the other day, a majority of all CrossFit gyms don't have adequate programs. Like mm-hmm. it's a bunch of random wads thrown together mm-hmm. just to make you tired. Um, where did you come up with the idea of having such pristine focus on, okay, this, these are all the angles that I want to hit on like it was right now it's called standard strength before yeah. it was curry crossfit yeah where where does this sensational drive of delivering excellence come from well I'm, I mean for the gym itself I mean I guess it does it starts with us and back then four years ago I, I, I forget when you started I think you started a couple of years ago two but years yeah. when we opened this gym in 2017 the focus was exactly that what we talked about which is just really building people up building the community up and really helping people out and then also for me because it was a dream of mine um, for a really long time to to build a national level team in weightlifting Uh, and that dream I guess that dream didn't really come into my mind for quite some time probably not until I was in my 30s because I hadn't done weightlifting Olympic movements since strength and conditioning style programming in college and then even a little bit after college when I played rugby for the San Jose Seahawks so I played rugby for a division one a men's rugby team here in San Jose San Jose Mm -hmm. Seahawks and I did that for nine years and then in the time frame of that I I got a really bad high ankle sprain when I got tackled one day and it was probably uh, I mean, I think it put me out for four months and yeah. it was separated the muscle tissue from the bones. We had to have surgery and I was in a boot and all that. Um, and during that time frame, I think I gained probably like 35, 40 pounds. And I was depressed. I mean, I've been working out. And so this is getting to the deeper part of it, right? It. Like I've been working out for in a gym, in one type of gym every day since I was probably in fifth grade. So my dad, my dad and his best friend were like bodybuilders when I was growing up. They were like one guy was actually an IBF pro at the time. And my dad was like his workout buddy. And so I would go to the YMCA when I was a kid yeah. and just be there and, you know, being at the gym and being around that that type of, uh, you know, that mentality and that type of like environment just kind of sunk into me. And then my dad was also uh, a football coach, a track coach a basketball coach in Washington state where I grew up in Snohomish. And part of his job was driver's ed, but the other part was also, so he was a teacher, he was a history teacher and he was a librarian when I was a lot younger. And then he became a driver's ed teacher. And then he was also 
doing um running the high school gym yeah and so from the age of like i think it was fifth or sixth grade i was always in that high school gym when he would be there running it and i would be around the high school football players and they're doing their bench and squats but they're only squatting you know like a quarter of an inch down but i mean i remember all that i remember exactly the different style workouts we used to have i remember every piece of equipment in that gym i mean there was these squat racks they had an old school leg press machine they had the leg curl leg extension they had the it was all concrete walls not unlike this where they had like the lat pull downs like drilled into the wall Mm. um and you would sit on the ground because it wasn't, I mean, this is old school, right? Sure. This is, I'm 44. So this is, uh, you know, 30, <laughs> 36 years ago, I yeah. guess, which is crazy to me. But, um, and they had preachers and they had a big thing of dumbbells and they had probably eight bench presses. And then they probably only had like two or three squat machines. And that was really it. It wasn't a ton of stuff. It wasn't a huge gym, but I just, I lived in there with my dad when he was there. Sure. And so I, I always had this, like that instilled in me, I guess that that was just part of your life, right? Like being at the gym was part of your life. And somewhere, somewhere along the line, I don't, couldn't tell you between junior high school and high school, I had made up in my mind already that I wanted to own a gym someday. I mean, it was way back when I couldn't tell you the specific time or date. It was just one of those days probably at the gym. And I was just like, working out with my dad or working out with some of his football players or whatever it was. And, and I just was like, man, I want to do this. I want to, I want to, this is part of my life. I want to own my own gym someday. And you would see, I think that was when gold's gym was, I mean, there was no CrossFit anywhere and weightlifting programs were few and far between like the sport of weightlifting was so small back then. Right. Um, And even the coaches back then, like something that, that they would, keep that knowledge right like the weightlifting coaches weren't trying to spread the knowledge which is something i think is really amazing i think that uh that dave and cal uh, cal strength have done is really like put it out there for the masses right they started this youtube like in the boom days at cal strength with the john norris and the donnie shankles of the world and they're just like putting it out there on on youtube and they're talking about it they're showing it and it just it brought that to so many brought the sport of weightlifting to so many people but so somewhere along the lines, because of my dad and because uh, of what he did, it instilled in me that I wanted to own a gym. Mm. And I was always in the back of my mind. And so everything that I did, I mean, after college or even in college was to me was like part of that dream was to uh, like a stepping stone to me getting to this point of owning my own gym. Because I knew it wouldn't be easy financially. Uh, I mean, who knew? I, I didn't know even then what the entry level gym would look like or what that you know i probably thought in my mind that i needed millions of dollars to open some big 24-hour fitness or gold's gym style place um but i knew i needed money and i knew i needed a career to help support that and so i went to school in hotel restaurant management my father's hawaiian so i'm hawaiian and my mom's norwegian i think i've told you that before unique combination yeah Yeah. (laughs) hawaiian viking um my grandpa used to say that um but yeah, so I went into hotel restaurant in, in college because I want, the hospitality kind of is like in my bones being Hawaiian. And I, I, I loved that. I loved cooking. I loved eating. Right. So that was kind of an easy thing for me. And I enjoyed that. But to me, even that was always like a stepping stone to get to that. And the second part, I guess, of my dream that we talk about is a gym, but I've always wanted to own a restaurant 
too, right? Mm. Own a restaurant, yeah. own a gym. And so that all of that was, you know, like stepping stones for me to get to where I wanted to be. So I went to college at Washington State University. I graduated um, hotel restaurant administration from Washington State University. And I had a job right out of college in um, Anaheim. I was working at the Anaheim Convention Center for a company named Aramark. Uh-huh. Uh, moved down there because my grandma lived there at the time on my dad's side. Um, but I, I moved there. And again, for that job, all being a stepping stone to earn money, to save money, to build up so that I could own a gym and then own a restaurant someday. So I was getting the experience in the hotel restaurant administration field, and I was also building and saving money to open my own gym someday. But even then, even after college, I still didn't have an idea what that would look like as an entry level into a gym, like how much money I hadn't put a business plan together. I hadn't really done any of those things other than I was saving money and I knew that I was going to someday do it. Um, but I was focused on the, the first part of that, which was saving money and getting my, um, experience in the restaurant and, and, uh, hospitality industry. So during that time I moved up here, I got promoted at Santa Clara convention center here in the Bay area. That's when I started playing rugby again. A buddy of mine saw me at 24-Hour Fitness. I think it was yeah. called, um, man, what was it called back then? It wasn't, 20, oh, it was, it was Bally's. So it was Bally's. It wasn't 24-Hour Fitness. I was working at Bally's, and a buddy of mine, Tori, he was a former Eagles um, rugby player, saw me at the gym. He's like, dude, you're a big guy, bro. You should come out and, you know, try out rugby. And I was like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. I'm good, man. I'm like, I'm just trying to work, you know, save money, open my own gym, right, because I want to open a gym. Um, but I, I can't tell you, I missed the, the aspect of contact sports, right? And I sure. think that that's why he was able to get me because he knew that I liked hitting people or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. right? So he would see me. And it was probably like a year and a half. He kind of just bugged me and was like, hey, come out, play rugby, come out, play rugby, come out, play rugby. And I'm like, fine, all right, all right. Like, I just almost, I think I did it just out of spite to, like, shut him up. Sure. Uh, I was like, all right, let's go. And it was during the summer. So during summer, rugby is sevens right it's not 15s we play sevens during the summer and so i went out and i practiced with the team and i brought my mouthpiece and and we are immediately doing like tackling drills and stuff like that and i was just like hitting people and i'm like oh fuck i love this Uh like i was like i missed that like Uh i loved playing football i was a high level high school athlete i was recruited by many colleges to play football i you know i just didn't really fall through in college uh, never really hit the field in college, which was always a disappointment of mine. So I missed that aspect of, I guess, uh, of of competitive sport too, uh, since I re- never really followed through in college. And so when I had the opportunity to play at a high level rugby, I was like all over it. And then also I'm from Seattle. So at the end of the practice, they're like, hey, let's bring it in, everybody in here. Uh, thanks, Kaleo, for coming out and trying out with this team. Everybody in, hands in, Seahawks on yeah. three. One, two, three, Seahawks <laughs> and all. Seahawks? I'm like, like Seattle Seahawks, like Seahawks. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know why I, that just like clicked in my mind. Cause I've always been a, a Seahawks fan growing up and still this day, uh, love the Seahawks. So when they were like San Jose Seahawks and they said Seahawks on three, I was like, all right, I guess I have to play Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I played, I played for gosh, I don't know. I think it was eight or nine years. I played with the team, uh, played rugby at a high level. We were division one. We went to the playoffs several years. And for those of that, those people that don't know rugby, 
now they have major league rugby in the u.s but back then they didn't have major league rugby the highest level of rugby in the country was a division club sports right so you had division one division two II, division three and based on how many people you had and how good you were you would be in those in whatever division we were division one which is the highest level of rugby in the country aside from the national team so I played that, it was contact sport, but that's getting back to my story, that's where I got injured and I hurt myself. And when I hurt myself, I was out for three months and I was super depressed and I was just like, I, I didn't know what to do because I had lived in the gym my whole life, right? From sixth grade on until that day when I had surgery, I had been in the gym or on a sport field every day of my life, mm -hmm. right? Like yep. there was nothing that would keep me out of a gym. It was just part of my life because it had been instilled in me. And all of a sudden that was ripped away from me, right? Now I'm like sitting uh, you know, down and I can't move. So I'm out for three months. I have this boot on, I can't go work out. I would go to the gym, uh, but I couldn't really do much. You know what I mean? Like, and then you, you almost feel like embarrassed, right? Like walking around in a boot or, or on crutches. And so I, I just got really depressed and like I said, I gained a bunch of weight. I was eating like shit, like just wasn't in a good spot, like mentally. And I think that that was probably one of the, one of the biggest points in my life where things switched because I was like, I can't, I can't live like this, like mm -hmm. this, like for me to feel good, like it's simple things in life. Like my dad is a Marine. So like I get up in the morning, my bed's made, right? Yep. Like I need my bed made. Uh, if my bed isn't made and my laundry is not done, like I don't feel good. Yeah, and then the I next agree. step for me is the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Those three things like have to be in order for me to then like move on with the rest sure. of my life. And I know that sounds probably like weird to some people or normal to others, but it's like, for me, it's like, if those three things aren't in, I feel totally disheveled and like out of place. And so, um, not being able to do that second part or that third part, which is go to the gym every day, really messed me up. But when I finally was able to start working out and training again, I had already made up my mind, I'm gonna go hard. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna go hard. I was able to go back to the Globo gym, right? I wasn't, this is before CrossFit. I, I had discovered CrossFit and I get in the gym and I'm working out and I'm doing the same things that I did before, but it just wasn't having the same impact. Sure. I think that I just, I, I didn't know I didn't have the right direction because I gained all this weight, like maybe I, what my focus should be more on. And I was like, okay, maybe I should be doing more cardio and less weights. Like that, like I, I kind of was lost a little bit and it just wasn't working. I was there, but I wasn't losing weight. I wasn't feeling strong again. And a buddy of mine who was on the rugby team, his name is Trevor, captain. He did rugby or not, not rugby. He did a uh, CrossFit at NorCal CrossFit NC Fit. Uh, in off Saratoga at their old location. And he's like, dude, you should try out CrossFit. And I'm like, what the hell is CrossFit? I have no idea what that is, but all yeah. right. And this is, this is what year? This is 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah. so 2010. Um, and CrossFit had only been started like 2008, so it was still kind of culty, right? Yeah. Like still new, it wasn't everywhere. Like NC Fit was probably one of the only locations uh, and there was the other gym. So what I did is like, okay, cool. Well, NC fits too far from me to like go to that gym. I'm going to Google and see if I can find a CrossFit gym near me. And I Googled it and I found one CrossFit Silicon Valley. Um, it was only at the time it was like in downtown San Jose. It was probably like five miles from where I lived. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. I'm just going to show up and see if I like it. If I, if I do, I'll do it. If I don't, I don't. So yeah. I 
called the owner and told him I was coming. And I went in there and I showed up. I think it was a nine o'clock class. I was off. Uh, I was off of work that day. It was like a weekday. And I walked in. First thing I saw was Dana Stubblefield, who was like a two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, uh-huh. who's unfortunately uh, going through some stuff right now. But he was the first person I saw when I walked in working out. I'm like, holy shit, that's Dana Stubblefield. Like, this is like an NFL football. Great, right? And he's doing CrossFit. I was like, I think I'm going to like this, right? And there was like probably 12 people in there. We did the workout. And I swear, I think the first thing that we did that day was clean, right? Like we did heavy cleans. And I was like, oh, shit, I really like this. (laughs) I'm strong. Like I remember cleans from from high school and from college. Like, you you know what I mean? Like we would do that style of training. We weren't very good at it. It was like, right? Like you don't even like, you just like touch your shoulders with it or whatever. It wasn't anything like like the form was nowhere near what we teach in USA Olympic or uh, or a uh, USAW or Cal Strength or here at Standard Strength nowadays but I had some experience so I knew I liked it and then there's nothing like grabbing on a big barbell and like big weight and like sure. putting it on your shoulder or lifting it overhead so I immediately was like liking this CrossFit thing and then I don't know. I probably did it for six months, and I, I lost a bunch of weight. Like, and I was getting really strong again. We were deadlifting heavy. We were clean and jerking heavy some days, but we were also running, and doing whatever. But I knew immediately from that first day on that I really liked the barbell, and, and I didn't like the running stuff. Yeah, as much, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So we we um, I think it was probably six seven months in. There was a a seminar for weightlifting that was hosted by a guy named John North. I don't know if you know who John North is. John North is a part of Cal or was part of Cal strength back then. And he was responsible for kind of what this boom time frame happened. Like him and Donnie had this show called attitude nation and Cal strength was like posting attitude nation stuff on, on YouTube and having their own YouTube like stuff. But this, this attitude nation thing really blew up and, and for whatever reason, CrossFitters, because they were now doing this heavy barbell stuff, they soaked it up. Like they yeah. loved this John North and Donnie Shankel attitude nation stuff. And, and John smart guy capitalized on that and started doing seminars, like teaching people how to weightlift because weightlifting in CrossFit back in the day, and we've all seen the fail videos. Sure. It's, it's bad. You have like people snatching and catching with their head and like standing up and then pushing the barbell up with their head. <laughs> and then the whole class is like clapping. Right. Yeah. Like if I was there now, I'd be like, God, no, what are you doing? Like, stop. But back then it was like encouraged, like this bad form. And so thank, thank God there was some people out there that were like, we need to fix this. Right. Like we can't continue to teach bad mechanics. People are going to get hurt. Uh, there became and there the people did get hurt right CrossFit has a bad name still that they're dealing with that stigma today because of the early days of CrossFit when the knowledge and and, uh, and a level of experience in coaching strength and conditioning wasn't that high I mean you just needed to get a level one certification and you could open a gym and so I think that was in positive in the long run but early on it was a little detrimental to mm, CrossFit mm, just because yep. people got hurt and the knowledge wasn't there but uh, anyway, so I fell in love with the barbell and knew that I wanted to be better at it. CrossFit, our CrossFit Silicon Valley hosted a seminar from John North, John North weightlifting seminar. And so me and a really close friend of mine, Casey Hutnick, we, who was a really good weightlifter, she, in her first year ever, she like, after this, they f- 
we went and joined Cal Strength. She became 12th in the country, I think, after never lifting before. She qualified at one meet and then went to a national meet and uh, American Open Championship in 2013, I think it was, and and uh, and got 12th in the country. Had never competed before. But anyway, so at this seminar, we learned how to snatch a clean jerk from John North. And I love it. And then John North and another buddy of his and another guy who you probably heard of, Danny Lear, who owns Caffeine and Kilos. All those guys were at our gym teaching uh-huh. a seminar. And ever since then, I've been that since that day, I've been great friends with Danny. Danny still supports our gym. We host meets and Danny will give a Caffeine and Kilos will send us gear and and uh, that we can give to winners for of our, you know, of our competitions and whatnot. Uh, Charles Shipman is a guy who I really look up to. He was one of the guys at early days that also helped me with programming and things like that from from a weightlifting standpoint. And all of those guys were all Cal Strength members mm. too. And so that day they invited me and they invited Casey up to Cal Strength to train and to learn. And so we did. And I guess maybe this was two thousand late two thousand eleven. We started training at uh at cal strength as much as we could we would go up friday nights when they would have max out days and we would be with all those guys the spencer mormons the rob blackwells of the world they were all there john north was there at the very tail end they ended up donnie and john ended up leaving sometime around that time frame i think the last time john north won an american open championship was 2013 that same one that I was telling you that, that Casey competed at and got 12, John North had won a championship then. And we as a Cal Strength team, that was the first time I hung out with the, the national team was 2013 at a national meet. And from that point on, it was like I was just kind of like a hang around at Cal Strength and I got to know Dave and got, you know, and I knew I was too old at the time. I was probably, if it's 2013, I was 32. I, I'm already way past my prime. But I loved it so much that I knew I wanted to coach it. Because uh, I knew I'd be really good at coaching, it, probably not really good at weightlifting anymore because I'm 32. So I chased that down a ton and and started working for Cal Strength a few years ago. I think my first time that I coached for them was 2014 at the or 2015 at the American Open Finals in Orlando. That was my first time I actually coached athletes at a national meet for Cal Strength, hmm. and since then. I've been with them and I've coached at all the national meets from then all the way up until I was just in Detroit with Dave and coaching the Cal Strength athletes along with coaching my own athletes to um, from standard strength at that national we call it nationals week now for USAW so you do senior nationals junior nationals U25 and youth all in the same week and so I was in Detroit for like 13 days just coaching kids and we had one of our kids Micah Marquez who's now a two-time U11 national champion so he's a little guy but he's won two national championships already which is pretty cool yeah so if he keeps going he'll probably win a championship every year for the rest of his life as long as he competes (laughs) uh, and could go to the olympics he's probably like that i love that about this like we have kids youth on saturdays so I, i love that aspect of coaching the young kids because they have when it comes to the sport of weightlifting or really any sport they have the most promise because they they're starting young right like i wish i would have been doing this style training back when i was in the gym i mean i think i benefited from just being there right i think my dad had me doing military press all the time you know what i mean so my shoulders are really strong i can jerk even now 170 kilos pretty easily which is almost 400 pounds like 374 
but I can't clean for shit. Like if uh, I could clean it, yeah. then I'd be all right. But, huh. but I can't. So, I, but I think that that shoulder strength is just because of my dad was literally go over there and do some military presses. Sure. And yeah. I did it all the time. Like, cause that's what I knew what to do. I would just go in the gym and my dad was busy or whatever. I'd just go military press all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. So shoulder strength is something that's been good for me always, but yeah, that's kind of how I got there and how I got here and where it all started for me, right? It started in the gym with my dad and ended with me finally opening my own gym. And I think the way that we got to the opening part is when I fell in love with weightlifting, I needed, I knew, and then also part of being at CrossFit, that was gave me a way, like an avenue to open a gym with a relatively low entry cost, right? So seeing how, like that was when it started, I started talking and my old partner, Todd, actually, um, Todd wise, him and another guy from our old, our Silicon Valley left Silicon Valley to open another gym called cross at sundown in Santa Clara. And that's kind of during that time frame. It was like, that's when I realized, Hey, I want to do this. Like I, and now I have an opportunity to do it. Cause I've saved all this money. I don't need $2 million to open up a gym. I'm maybe I need 50, $80,000 something like that to buy all this equipment and get a gym going because CrossFit kind of gave you that avenue, which was really cool. So I think that that's when 2017, 2016, I knew it was going to happen. Todd left his old gym and I, we were talking, we were, him and I were working out together at NC fit of all places again in 2016 uh-huh. training. And we were like, man, we should just open one. Like, let's just do our own. Let's open a gym. Like, that you're good at it you've done it you have the experience i've wanted to do this my whole life and i got the cash so let's do it let's open a gym and that was it like it was like a week later we found this place uh for lease by owner right Mm. we didn't have to go through anybody we didn't have to go through whatever and we our our owner um his name is doyle he's a great guy but we met him here like two days later after we called him we signed the lease and boom like like that january 2017 is when we signed the lease and mark by march 1st of 2017 we opened the doors to standard strength and here we are wow yeah let's take one hopefully that wasn't long and winded perfect yeah <laughs> show is about the guests not yeah. about me <laughs> We're ready to go again. All right. <laughs> what has this experience been like to open up Standard? What was it like in the beginning and even to this day? Take us through this past year of COVID. What has the entire experience been like? Yeah. So it's definitely been a challenge, right? Uh, I think for me that the the driving factor all along is knowing that this is my dream right that this is something i want to do you know coaching kids and helping people and owning my own gym just because it's been a part of my life since i was a little kid i think that just knowing that has been the driving factor for all getting through all of the challenges that have come early on when we opened obviously rent here is not cheap it's like eight thousand dollars a month a little over eight thousand dollars a month and so you know you do the math like back then i think we were charging at the, we were just trying to get people in the door. So I think we were given like $109 a, 
per month yeah. membership to get people in. So 8,000 divided by 100, right? You do the math, you need 80 members to break even. Um, I think we did something like the first 50 or so could be at that price. And then beyond that, I think it was 149 and 169. I don't, I'm, I don't remember the exact pricing, but we knew that we needed, you know, 100 members probably to even start making a little bit of money. And during that time frame, I was still working full time job, too. So I was working and then every other hour of the day, especially from January to March of when we open was spent here breaking shit down, like smashing walls down and building like we did everything. Sure. We didn't pay anybody to do any of this stuff. We ripped out all the ceilings ourselves. We tore down all the walls. We put in the flooring ourselves. We did all those things ourselves. And um, that was um, that was that was tough in itself just to do that, just to be able to hold a full time job and every hour of your life spent trying to yeah. build this place up. And then once we opened, it was the same thing. I was 5.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. or 5 p.m. and I'd rush over here to get here just in time for 5.30 to coach classes. And I'd coach from 5.30 and I'd coach the 7 p.m. weightlifting classes. And then we'd be done. I'd get home at nine and I'd have to go to bed and start it all over the next day at 5.30 a.m. Uh, well, earlier than that, because I had to be at work by 5.30 for the job that I did. I was a general manager of food and beverage at Palo Alto Networks at the time. Um, but yeah, that was hard. So that beginning aspect was really tough, but we managed it because of the people that started coming in the doors, right? The community, it was so great, like seeing how much people enjoyed lifting and what, like, you know, the changes that we were already making in a short term in people's lives. What, that was another driving force to like allow us to get through those struggles. But I think that was the biggest thing that kept us alive back then was the fact that I had a full-time job because we didn't make money. Probably t we got to that break even a lot faster than we thought we would, but um, I think it was probably we opened in March. I think it was probably June or July of that year we got to the break even number, so we were really happy with that. And then uh, then business picked up a bunch, right? We were great. We had a good program. People like you started coming to the gym and seeing the benefits of weightlifting and CrossFit and combining the two or weightlifting and gymnastics, which is something that I know you love. And we do gymnastics every Thursday here on the CrossFit side. Um, but the weightlifting aspect of it and, and combining those is a little different than a lot of these other other CrossFit gyms in the area. And so we had a unique niche there as well. Having a national team inside of a CrossFit gym. Um, was big for us but uh trying to think of where i'm going with this but really it was tough right uh, but it, it we started it was tough early on but we started really making headway and then it was probably end of 2019 we were at our like peak right like we were probably 180 members pre-pandemic and we were doing really well my partner started talking about leaving because he wanted to raise a family him and marissa wanted to raise a family on the on the east coast which which is something that we we started planning for right we were thinking okay maybe within maybe by the end of next year or something we'll like you guys all buy you out and you guys can go and raise your family and whatnot um but it only been talk and then january february 2020 hits and then boom pandemic march i think we closed our doors on march 12th and uh, it w that was crazy. Like and we all thought, just like everybody, two weeks to yeah, two weeks to to flatten the curve, right? Yeah. 
and we didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. So it almost, at first it was almost like a vacation for me and my roommates. We drank a lot every day and we cooked and we watched Marvel movies, right? Like it was no big deal. But then quickly one, two weeks turned into a month. Yeah. And then a month turned into two months and we're like, all right, shit. Like we got to really, we got to figure this out. My partner was pretty good about being, having some foresight and we started doing zoom classes right away where a lot of other people weren't we were doing them right away really really quick on that note i remember that day too yeah um for me it was traumatic too yeah because this is such a huge part of my life and i came here and you guys are all bummed out the entire gym is closed yeah. You're all sitting around like Yeah, I think you sulking. came to the back. Like you wanted to come in and we're yeah, like, dude, like, we're we're closed. Dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. Yeah. But yeah, that that uh I had the same same thing, constantly checking my email. Hey, did I hear anything from Standard? Anything new from Curry? Yeah. Curry? No, nothing. Yeah. So Yeah, that, I mean it was hard. It, like I said, at first it felt like a little vacation for me because I was used to yeah. pouring in tons of time, but uh it quickly turned to something else. Like how are we gonna give to these give to these members how do we keep them how do we keep them happy how are we going to stay alive like sure we're, we, we have rent due you know what i mean coming up what are we going to do oh shit well let's pay our rent because we have the money now but what about next month what are we going to do next month so we started you know talking to members and seeing what would work for them we ended up giving out all of our equipment like everything i even gave out like sets of weights to some of our higher level lifters um we gave out equipment to all of our members dumbbells whatever they could take we tried to you know, limit them a little bit so that a lot of people could get stuff sure. and at least yep. be able to do things. Uh, and then Todd and Marissa wrote programming, like uh, Zoom programming through the pandemic. And we would share the, the, you know, the knowledge and stuff like on our Instagram as well. And then we would host Zoom meetings like once a day uh, and, and people would work out that way. But I mean, that quickly went downhill too because people, that's all they were doing they're zooming their kids in for school then they're zooming into work and then you want me to zoom in again to do a workout like just live in zoom land like all day long i think that got tiring or tiresome for people um but yeah that it was rough because we lost 60 percent of our membership at that time which is a a ton we lost 60 percent of our membership it wasn't all at once it was like a little bit like in April, a little bit of May, a lot in June, right? And in June, we actually were allowed to open for two days, June 1st and 2nd, and then June 3rd, this county told us to close down. Mm. Um, oh. That was when we reached out to our members and we said, hey, like, we're tired of being closed. We're tired of doing all this shit. Like, what do you guys feel? For me, it was more about our membership at the time, like how they felt. Um, and by this time, we, my partner, mind you, my partner, Todd, and his wife, they decided it was already, it was just like the perfect time to go, mm. right? So they moved to the East Coast um, to raise their family. And we decided we worked out a payment to, to pay him for his time with the, the company and to, so that I became the full owner sometime, I think it was May, May or June um, of that year. But so at that time, he was already gone. And so I reached out to our membership. And to me, the most important thing is how they felt, like what was their comfortability with safety, how they felt about this. And I was like, look, if you guys want us to stay closed, we'll stay closed, right? If the majority of you are like, stay closed, we'll, we'll stay closed and I'll figure out a way. I'll sell my house. I'll do whatever I can to keep the place alive. Um, but 99.9% of them were like, please God, open the door. 
we need something yeah. for our mental health. Yeah, for sure. Right. For whatever it is. And we need to be able to interact with people yep. face to face. Like we need that. And so we were like, all right, well, screw it. We're going to we're going to open the doors. We're going to go against the county guidelines and we're going to keep our doors open. And that was June 3rd. And there were a lot we were getting support from a lot of other gyms in Pleasanton. Uh, CrossFit Pleasanton and CrossFit Diablo out of Walnut Creek. All these gyms were like, like, this is not right. Like we've been shut down for too long. You know, we need to be open. Like we, we're the first line of defense when it comes to this. Why yep. are they shutting us yeah, down? For sure. Why are they blaming gyms for the, for the disease and spreading it? Right. So Opposite. from June 3rd on June 3rd to now we've been open. We, we never shut our doors again other than for like a holiday weekend. I think we shut down for Thanksgiving weekend or Christmas weekend. We were open for Thanksgiving, but for Christmas we shut down. And we did all the things. We had boxes on the floor and we maintained social distance in here and did all the things that we could. But we, I think, I haven't done the exact math, but we've had well over 50,000 member visits since June and we've had zero transmission of the virus inside the gym. Sure. There's been yeah. people with the virus that our members and we had rules like if you caught the virus somewhere you're not allowed to come in here or if you were traveling outside of 150 miles it was on the members to like and it was like the honor system right like if you've traveled you need to quarantine for a few days and take sure. a test and you can come back in so we had we had rules but but we've been open since june 3rd and zero transmission is jim knock on wood right like i'm not saying that that we're perfect but like the county's telling us and telling everybody that gyms are the problem and we're we've been open since june 3rd with zero transmission and we're saving people's lives and not only keeping them healthy uh, and keeping them able to defeat a virus like coronavirus but also mentally right like think about all the stuff that people have been struggling through for the last year and a half people are killing themselves people are at a higher rate you know like people are getting obese people are getting sick people are sick are dying because they're obese right all of these things that are that something like crossfit and weightlifting and fitness is like literally the number one savior for um i heard the other day <clears throat> a number of uh, 70 plus percentage of the people who are hospitalized because of covid yeah are at an overweight weight yeah. or they are in an unhealthy state so this is i mean you're talking about the the yeah. first line of defense for sure i mean yeah. this is the way of if you really want to take your own proactive measurements of like how do you how do you stay away from not getting sick go to the gym like take care of the basics things like your nutrition yeah. like how you're doing mentally like your relationships and this is this is a community right here i mean yeah. this is a massive part no it's a hundred percent like tenfold right like i don't even you can't even put into words how important those things are to being healthy and how you feel and in your overall mental state right like it's just unfortunate really that the county and the people in charge of this county and the people in charge of the state and then even at the time the people in charge of of the country kind of put that on gyms right like they did it all across the board now a ton of other small businesses suffered too don't get me wrong yep. restaurant industry all of the i mean there's plenty out there but the stigma when it came to gyms was just, and still is, it's like they think that we're the ones spreading this disease, which is just crazy to me because really we're the only ones fighting it. You got liquor stores and grocery stores open and people all up in those, or you go to Costco during the heart of the pandemic, wide open and you can get right up on people and people are coughing and whatever, they have masks on. 
but but at least here we're we were maintaining social distance allowing people in and we're treating them you know pre-treating them from those medical issues by sure. getting them healthy right so i don't know that was you, tough but that was that was that was really really tough but we've been open and we've been we've been happy go ahead sorry now you bounced back though like you went you took a slope down yeah and now big slope. <laughs> yeah but we started like so when we opened our doors june was i think june and july were our ultimate lows even though we were yeah. open because that was like the peak of the pandemic when people were like scared or whatever they didn't know they knew we were open illegally they didn't know if they could come in or whatnot um, and we had a lot of people on virtual, which we reduced our price because we didn't want to take people's money, right? Sure. For services that we weren't providing. Um, we had a lot of members that wanted to pay and wanted to help us out because they, they wanted a gym to come back to. Um, and I never really tell anybody, but I would have never let this place go. I would have sold my house before I did anything. Like I, I would not lose this gym. Like this is my dream and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it close for anything. So so that's why to them it was like you know you if you don't feel comfortable get on our virtual program we'll reduce your price right even that fifty dollars or forty nine dollars that you do in virtual classes that'll help us right yeah. and we're and then we're able to provide you with some type of service so um but yeah we bounced back so every month after that we started gaining members maybe 10 12 members at a time not that many but 10 12 all the way back through till now august 2021 and going into September, I think two months ago was the first time we got back into the positive, like into mm. actually making money, which is good for us. I think we've probably lost two hundred and forty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars of revenue during that time, gross revenue, right? Yeah. And for a gym, right? And a lot of gym owners can understand this when your operating costs are seventy, eighty percent and you lose sixty percent of your members, it's you know it's a huge it's it's devastating yeah, to your yeah. business so just in the gross revenue loss and then not only that we were paying we were paying employees during that time because we wanted to stay uh, eligible for disaster loans or whatnot and we wanted to do the right thing for our members sure. and our coaches pay them even though they weren't doing anything we were still paying them because we cared about them so we were losing money right we're losing our revenue and we're still paying out in rent and we're still paying out in employee benefits and health care right we paid out in health care too where other gyms don't do that we did and i really believe that doing stuff like that is what saved us because we For invested sure. in the coaches and oh, invested yeah. in our people and it wasn't about money it was about doing the right thing um to help everybody through right uh, like I would have felt horrible, like leaving my coaches out there with no medical insurance and no job. Right. They probably would have made money on, on, you know, on unemployment or whatnot, but it's like, I just, it wasn't the right thing for us. Maybe some other, some other businesses or whatnot, but not for us. So that was tough. We lost a lot of money, but we bounced back. It'll just take us a while. And I know at this rate, we're continuing, we're getting, still getting 10, 12 members a month. Hopefully we'll get another 10 this month. And um, we're, I think we're like 145 members now. We're pre-pandemic, we're like 180. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, the goal is to get back up there. We could sustain 200 in this place. Even though it's small, we can sustain 200 fairly easily without uh, you know, disappointing anybody or not providing um, the service that, you know, the quality of service that we wanna provide here. But yeah, we're really stoked, man. Like we're finally making money again. 
we're alive, like this gym gets cracking at like 4.30, 5.30 and you can feel like the energy and the, sure. the life of it. And I'm glad you're here for the last week. You get to experience that before you go back. And, and I'm glad that we were able to, you know, to find you and you found us. And, you know, I'm thankful for that because, because even you being here, like you taught me a lot, like every member teaches me a little something about who they are and what they are and, and gives me that energy, right, of like, this is why we do that, right? Because we change people's lives, right? We change the way that they, you know, see weightlifting or see strength and conditioning or see fitness, um, see health, see nutrition. Like that's really what it is for me is like we see that in each one of the members and that's what keeps me going for sure. So. Yeah. So there are quite a few gyms that did not make it through it. Mm -hmm. Even to this day mm -hmm. right now as you speak crossfit moxie is is going down mm -hmm. what do you think in this area too has been the survival rate uh, <laughs> probably 50 percent wow right like yeah. i mean i think crossfit san jose down the road closed um there i i know there was some other i can't think of it right now uh, rpm cadence and los gatos closed um yeah, there's a lot of gyms that have closed down in this area, and I would say 50% survived and 50% didn't. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we're not, those are our competitors too, but not, like, not really. The CrossFit world is really about, and like I said, our, our zone, most of our people are five miles from here. We're not sure. stealing from CrossFit Moxie, which is in downtown San Jose. We're not really, maybe we get some people from Los Gatos. San Jose was more of a direct competitor because they're down the street, but we, you know, the CrossFit community, we support each other, right? We try and lift each other up. We try and help each other out. Um, I mean, they take part in our meets and we take part in their meets. Like, you know, it was never like a fight, right? And so it's unfortunate because we, you know, it's sad to see those go because then CrossFit in general has a lower impact on the community. And we might, even if we take up 20% of their members, the other 80% of their members are now doing what, right? Like sure. going where? And so it just like the overall umbrella of CrossFit and being able to reach people, it just got smaller during that time frame. So, but. so everything has happened with CrossFit with uh, Greg Glassman and mm -hmm. all the, uh, yeah tumultuous time that that crossfit has been through what, what do you see as the future and even you changed the name you, you don't have crossfit curry as the name yeah. it's standard strength now yeah what is what is what is your future what is the future of crossfit in your opinion? i think the future of crossfit's big i think that i think that crossfit's going to come out of this huge right i think that it's gonna it sucked at the time it does suck sometimes like because i the same reasons that i mentioned like we're not reaching as many people but I think the people that survived, the 50% or so of those gyms that survived in this area, and it depends on where you're at, right? California, or this Bay Area, of course, Santa Clara County is a little bit tougher. But I think we're in a good position because uh, they're doing a lot to help out. CrossFit in general is doing a lot to help out um, increasing uh, marketing and increasing the knowledge. Like they're trying to, they're really, I mean, I got a, I went to an affiliate meeting the other day at Diablo CrossFit, which is fantastic. And they're sharing information about the future of CrossFit with us. Uh, some of the things I can't really share now because it's not out there yet, but there's a ton going on in the world of health and like building up gyms. And, and not only that, it's like they have these playbooks that they're going to be giving out in September that are like, that 
never existed when we opened a CrossFit gym. But if for somebody like you, if you're like, hey, I want to open a CrossFit gym, boom, they give you a playbook and they're like, here's how it's done, right? Here's all the things you need. Exactly, like, bing, bing, bing. And I'm like, shit, I wish I would have had that five yeah. years ago. Yeah. It would have made it a lot easier. Um, but that it, it, that comes on the back of all of us that had done this before, right? And so, but it'll make it easier for people to get into opening business and hopefully growing CrossFit in general again. But yeah, I think there's a, I think it's in good hands. Now I think Rose, uh, Eric Rosa is doing a fantastic job. I think that, um, I mean, every business goes through struggles, especially during time of change. So I'm sure that there's a lot of that going on. I think sometimes early on, like affiliates didn't know what was going on, but they've hired all these people to help out affiliates and they're really pushing affiliates, affiliates, like we got to take care of the affiliates. And so I think that that's big. Um, so I, I really do believe CrossFit has a big future. And the reason we changed our name to Standard Strength wasn't to get rid of the CrossFit name. I guess that was beneficial at the time when it, uh, when all of, the, all of that was going on. But the main reason we changed our name is because we had two separate brands yeah. under sure. one roof. And we wanted to bring them together. Um, so it was one gym, one brand, one vision. Um, so that's why we did it. It was a good time. The timing all just kind of worked out because my partner left. Yep. So we didn't need CrossFit Curry anymore. So we're Standard Strength and we affiliated. We're Standard Strength CrossFit and we're Standard Strength Barbell Club. So we're Standard sure. Strength everything. And um, and we are, we're a part of CrossFit. Like I'm pledging to be a part of CrossFit for as long as they continue to do the things that they're doing, which is helping us out. And, and I really believe in the methodology of CrossFit. Um, taking it a little step further though adding in like this style of weightlifting yeah, that i've yeah. learned from cal strength and really combining those two i think you'd be hard pressed to find a gym that's better on the crossfit side at weightlifting than us because of us because of For what sure. we provide yep. here i haven't come across it yeah so i really like that aspect of it and that special niche that we have but yeah i think the future is great i think we're going to be stronger than ever when we get like fully out of this i mean we're still dealing with it we probably will for another year i feel like but we're already in the positive now and it's only going to get better from here for us yeah. too so what about the olympic weightlifting what do you see there is going on in the world right now and how is that being impacted in the future well yeah too? there's a, i mean there's a lot there's votes this week on whether or not to include masters weightlifting inside of the usaw which is big for me because i'm a masters coach for cal strength online and so there's a lot of change coming there i don't know the the results of those votes yet but that's big. So Masters was governed by itself for a long time because it needed to be to be part of IWF and inter and viewed as uh, internationally as like relevant, right? The Masters weightlifting. So USA Masters was separate from USAW, uh, but now USAW is trying to bring Masters weightlifting under the fold. So we'll see what happens there. I think either way it will be will be good. I don't really think that one way or the other i mean or at least i'm not willing to say right now because i don't know until it until we see what happens um and then the sport of weightlifting i think is great i mean there's a lot of talk that they might pull weightlifting i think that that happens i think usaw is pushing to have a lot of change done at the 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 international level so that that the sport of weightlifting remains in the olympics um, but for me, I mean, that's the pinnacle, right? The pinnacle of weightlifting is the Olympics for, for people. But for me, it's like, I think that even without the Olympics, if that were to be taken away, it would be a big shock to us. But the sport of weightlifting, even the name Olympic right. weightlifting, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be what we would just call, I mean, we just call it weightlifting, sure. right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Other, it's like people that don't know, uh, 
don't know call it Olympic weightlifting because it's easier to understand because they've seen it in the Olympics or whatnot. Uh, but we just call it weightlifting. But I think it'll be just fine. I mean, I think national like uh, nationals competitions aren't going anywhere. So the American Open Championship, the senior nationals aren't going anywhere. World level championships aren't going anywhere. Junior worlds, U uh, university worlds, senior worlds, masters worlds, all of these things, they're not going anywhere. There's plenty of out there for the sport of weightlifting. Obviously, we don't want to lose, at least me personally. I don't, we don't want, and I know a lot of people are fighting not to lose the Olympics, but I don't think that that's the ultimate, like, pin drop, and there goes weightlifting. It's done. I mean, this weightlifting is the basis of all major strength and conditioning programs out there, right? Some form or variation of these Olympic movements are used in strength and conditioning programs. So it's not going anywhere. It'll be here. It'll be here for a long time, and I think that, I just want to continue what my mentor Dave taught me and, and bring it to the masses. Teach and share the knowledge of weightlifting with as many people as possible. And it doesn't matter if you want to be an Olympian or not, like, or if you just want to do it to be fit and mentally stable and you want to throw in some gymnastics, right? Like, so you feel good about your body. That's fantastic. I want that to be a part. I want it to be a part of everybody's lives, right? Some way, shape or form, weightlifting, incorporated into training of some sort health training crossfit gymnastics sport development anywhere we can get it involved there and people that i can share that knowledge that i've been given um, that's all i want to do i want to keep spreading yeah. that knowledge so kaleo at age 56 10 years from now 12 years from now 12 years okay yeah <laughs> so 10 years from now don't 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 age me yeah <laughs> what would he tell you as advice advice i don't know he'd probably say thank you for not giving up yeah right? like 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 i think that uh i think that i'll be proud looking back at 56 of dealing with all the shit that we've gone through over the last you know so many months and years so i think he'd be proud but yeah i'm just uh I, advice just keep keep doing what you're doing bro <laughs> right keep making people happy keep being selfless keep being a good person good things happen to good people and that that's really it that's kind of my own model that i live by just be selfless be a good person and good things happen will happen to good people yeah yeah and you truly embody that and everything that you shared on this podcast today just thank you for for doing what you're doing clay and doing yeah. it doing the right thing that's really what stands out to me is is you're you're giving back to people and regardless if it's coming out of your pocket it's your dream and it's yeah. it's about doing the right thing and that's just massive and yeah. especially with just everything that's going on right now having someone with with the vision with a dream with a backbone and a sticking to it yeah it's a man of their word so thank, thank you, you. Yeah, thank you thanks for the kind words i appreciate it thank you very much Kaleo doing the right thing. I so much appreciate his character, what he's doing in the fitness community, overall who he is as a person. If you want to connect with Kaleo or Standard Strength, check out the information in the show notes. And if you find that this information, or I mean this show, this, this episode with Kaleo overall, this is bringing you value. If so, I urge you to, and I ask you to, please do this favor scroll down hit five stars this is a simple favor repay and help us spread this message to other people thank you for doing that hit subscribe or like whatever platform you're on and this helps us write a review it's amazing thank you for doing that.
And we have two CrossFit programs, one methodical, one that is gymnastics. This is freaking phenomenal. I do it myself. I get excited. I get better. I get stronger. I get more skilled. There's a reason why I do it. And it's freaking effective. Check them out at safina.io, safinastrength.com. And for a seven-day free trial, as well as 15% off your first month, safina, all caps, 15 to get that. And uh, sending you so much love.